What is up, everyone? Welcome to the first episode of my wonderful clusterfuck life. I'm pretty nervous. I'm not gonna lie. Um, this is totally something new for me, totally out of my comfort zone. But I'm also excited, nonetheless, because this has been something I've wanted to do for a while now. I just feel like I have a lot to say and a lot to share about my issues with mental health and how to cope with it. And maybe you're someone that struggles with mental health. Maybe you have a loved one that struggles with mental health. And hopefully I can give some sort of advice, maybe a little entertainment in regards to that. Um, today's episode is just going to be a little intro about myself and let you guys kind of know a little about me, my issues with my anxiety and depression, and just give you some insight about someone like me or someone that you have in your life that struggles with issues like mental health. So a little, a little about me. I'm I'm not super exciting, but I'm 27. I'm from Texas. I live in a small town called El Campo, which is about an hour southwest of Houston. Um, I am a full-time physical therapist assistant in Houston, which I love. Um, it's a very rewarding job. I jokingly tell people I'm a personal trainer for the older folks, <laughs> but I I rehab people who have surgeries or who have other chronic pains, and I help them I help them get their lives back, which which can be stressful as any job is, but at the end of the day, it's it's super rewarding and I I do love it. I am not single. It only took me 27 years, but I am not single. But a little more on him later. I, uh, he makes me happy. I'm just, I'm a cheese ball right now. But he'll probably be making an appearance on this podcast in the future. Um, I'm pretty boring as far as your average 27-year-old, but I'm cool with it. I, I tell people I'm an old lady trapped inside a 27-year-old body because I'm not a partier. I never really have been, even in high school. I probably didn't take my first sip of alcohol till I was 19, 20 years old. And even to this day, I mean, it's fun. I'll drink once in a blue moon, but it's, it's not my thing. It's not for me. Um, I'm a pretty big homebody, like that is my comfy, that is my happy. I would I would love to travel one day, but when you've been a broke college student all your life and you're paying off student loans, that's traveling's kind of not in the cards. But um that is definitely something I would like to do one day. I I wouldn't say I love working out, more that I I have to do it. <laughs> I just recently lost about 25 to 30 pounds, and I'm learning to fall in love with the results. Not going to lie, if I didn't have to work out for the rest of my life, I'd be cool with it, but it makes me feel good. It makes me learn to appreciate my body, so I just fucking do it. It's whatever. <laughs> I Another reason I'm kind of boring is I... I work 40 hours a week, 
and I talk to people all week. I listen to people bitch all week about their pain and their struggles. And by Friday afternoon, I just honestly, I want to come home and do nothing. And I don't think that's a bad thing, you know? I I don't want to go out. I don't want to talk to more people. I just want I want to be in my comfy space. And like I said, I don't think that's a bad thing, but you know what? I'm I'm content as hell. And that's all that matters to me, bitch. That's all that matters. <laughs> so, let's get a little serious for a second. Um about my anxiety. I personally, I struggle with just kind of general anxiety and with a little bit of depression, more so anxiety than depression. Um, my depression, it is very rare and I'm, I'm super thankful for that. It happens in waves once in a blue moon, maybe, maybe three times a year, my depression will hit me and when it, when it hits, it's, it's not fun. But, like I said, my anxiety is the biggest struggle I deal with. I feel, now that I'm older and I think back on my life, my anxiety was here ever since I was a child. I mean, I can remember, like, wanting to go up to a friend on the playground, and I was terrified. I just... Something in me stopped me from wanting to talk to other kids. And I feel like that's where it started from. And I don't know why. I I had a fairly decent childhood. I just, it was just in me, I guess. And that's kind of where it started. Um, even going to sleepovers as a kid, I I wasn't ever comfortable. And this wasn't all the time, but I would just want to go home. I, there was just something in me where it's like, I want to go home, I want to go home. And that probably stemmed from my mother. <laughs> I love her to death. She's, she's my best friend, but she kind of cradled me way too much as a child. She kept me sheltered. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, you know, if I'd wanted to go play with a kid down the street, she'd be like, well, well, don't go in their house. Whatever you do, don't go inside their house. You know, you get home as soon as you can. And I don't think that helped in regards to keeping me social because in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, I can't go in there. I can't do this. I can't do that. So love you, mom. But I think you kind of, you kind of did that to me, but you know, whatever it, it is, what it is. Um, even to this day, though, I struggle with keeping plans with people. I want so badly to feel liked and to feel involved and have strong friendships. But I'm, I'm so hesitant to do things. It's, it's like that. I've seen this funny thing. It's like I want to be invited and I want my friends to understand that I want to be invited. But I am not going. <laughs> But I still want to be invited to things. But I, my friend group is super small. Um, I have two very amazing best friends, Melanie and Chelsea. I love you. We are the bossom threesome. And I just, ugh, I adore those bitches. <laughs> 
even though they're younger than me and they're both married and I'm not, I, <laughs> I love them so much. They are my, they're my ride or dies. Um, we get together not enough. We do not get it together enough and that, that kind of sucks. But when we do, it's like we never left and that is the kind of people I want in my life. The older I get, the more I'm focused on having a lot of friends I just want a small group of people who I know is going to be there for me and who aren't going to fuck me over in the end. So I am so thankful to those girls and I know they're going to be with me forever. So those are my girls. I love them. So I do take medication for my anxiety and it has been a life changer. I truly do not think I would be the person I am today if I was not on some sort of medication. Um, I I have to talk to people for a living. And I have to be open with people. You know, my job, I meet new people every single day. And as soon as I meet them, they have to put their trust into me to get them better. So not being sociable is kind of out of the question for what I do for a living. And I truly feel like my medication helped me so very much with that. Um, People at work, like my patients, for example, they are shocked when I tell them that I have anxiety because at work, I'm very bubbly, I'm very confident because I have to be because I'm working with a lot of vulnerable people who are in pain and I kind of have to be that uplifting person for them to give them some hope that they're going to be okay so I'm I'm thankful I'm not ashamed that I'm on any sort of medication because it's it's truly helped me in the best way um I began my medication I want to say in 2015 um when I went to PTA school that was the most stressful time in my life. I mean, I thank God for it today because I have a career from it. But I mean, talk about stress times a thousand. I had to take a national board exam to be licensed in the state of Texas to practice what I do for physical therapy. And it's the biggest test of my life. It was the biggest test of my life. No big deal. No pressure. Right. And I was not on my medication for the first time I took this test, and I failed it. I totally bombed it, and I ended up going to my doctor, talked to her about my anxiety, and she put me on medication. And thankfully, three months later, I was able to take this test again, and I passed. Now, was it the medication? I don't know, but I definitely feel like it helped as far as worrying and keeping my nerves down so I am not ashamed and I don't think others should be ashamed so if that is something that you feel like you need I would I would talk to your doctor about it I mean it's worth a shot it is totally worth a shot I mean even though I am on medication I still struggle daily with anxiety um I'd say it has helped me about maybe 75%. Um, I still struggle with it daily, though, just not as intensely. 
I, my anxiety, I worry like a motherfucker, and that is my downfall. And it is over the stupidest shit. The stupidest shit. And uh, it makes me insane. Like, for example, someone could look at me a certain way and not even, you know, intentionally look at me in that kind of way, and it'll completely ruin my day. I'll go home, think about it. I'll stay up at night thinking about it, and it'll just bother the hell out of me, and it's so stupid, but that's just how I am. Or even the way someone speaks to me, it could be in a certain tone that I feel is not right, and my brain just totally flips it, and automatically that person just hates me, and it's going to bother me, and it is, like I said, it's so stupid. I'm I'm guilty of worrying what others think of me, specifically in regards to my appearance, which body image alone will be discussed in an episode of its own. That is a totally, totally different episode. Um, also, in regards to my personality and my passion for aspects of life, I, I would truly hate for some people to feel like I'm less than what I am. Or that I don't, I don't give life my all. Like, I guess failure. That would be failure. I, I would hate for someone to see me as a failure. Because I, I know that's not what I am. So, for someone to think that would truly crush me. If I don't hear from someone specifically, this is probably the biggest thing that bothers me as far as anxiety. If I do not hear from someone as far as text or a phone call, I automatically think they're ignoring me. I tell people all the time, I'm a pretty chill bitch, but if you ignore me purposely, I will come unglued. If this is for anyone, if you purposely ignore someone and you know you're doing it, you're an asshole. I'm sorry. That is just cowardly and that's, that is not right. You should not do that. And I'm this way because I'm fucking traumatized by people who have ghosted me in the past. So when I'm not hearing from someone for X amount of time, my mind automatically flips it to they're ignoring me. So it's just, it's a mind fuck. It really is. It just fucks your mind up and that's what, that's what shitty people will do to you. So In regards to my depression, thankfully, I do not deal with that as much as my anxiety goes. But when I do have it, it's pretty dark for me. It it puts me in a dark place, and it's kind of scary. I I can almost always feel when my depression is creeping up. It is a slow creep. It makes me... I don't even know what the word would be. I just, I'm, I don't feel like myself. I feel a creep of sadness for no reason. I just feel sad. I just don't feel like talking to anyone. I just want to be left alone. And that usually results to me feeling like a zombie almost. Like I'm just kind of going through the motions of life. It's a very... It's a very helpless feeling. Um, 
because you literally don't know why you feel that way. You just do. Um, it's difficult to get out of bed. Um, a lot of times I'll just, I'll just start crying for no reason, no reason at all. And I, I don't know why. And it's very frustrating. It, it can last, it usually lasts me. Everyone's different, but it usually lasts a day or two for me. And honestly, there's really nothing that I have found to help with that. I just kind of have to write it out and pray that it goes away. And that's, that's all you can do. So how, how to treat someone when they're dealing with things like this. Now, everyone's different. Um, for me personally, I, I want my space, but I want to know that you're there. Like, the last thing I'd want is for someone to just, oh, she's acting crazy, let's just leave her alone. No, not necessarily. Um, I want, I want to feel the love from someone, but I don't want you up my asshole all the time, you know what I'm saying? Um, never act out in anger. I've had people that have told me to just get over it, it's no big deal, it's all fake, it's all in your head, you're gonna be fine, blah, blah, blah. And if you tell me that, I will probably come burn your house down because that is just not what you say to someone who is dealing with a mental illness. I mean, I tell people all the time, if you truly love someone in your life who is dealing with a mental illness, do your research, um, ask them questions and just be respectful. It's, we cannot explain how we feel So, trying to even begin to tell someone how we feel is almost impossible, you know? So, just be caring. Be caring, be loving, and just be there. Never, you never want to abandon someone. You also don't want to just overcrowd them to the point where they feel so overwhelmed, where they almost do feel like a crazy person, because they're not crazy, we just we just don't know what the hell is going on in our brain. So just just be respectful, be loving, and that's my biggest advice. Um so I truly feel like my mental illness is a big reason why I was single for so long because no one knew how to handle being with someone with a mental illness. Um, like I said earlier, with my experience, people were just really up my asshole and trying to fix me and make me feel better and, like, be overly exuberant and excited and try to cheer me up. And that's that's just not what you do. At least not for me anyway. Or you get the person who just goes totally distant, doesn't talk to you, and that's... That's also just not a way to deal with it. You kind of have to meet them in the middle. And I know it's complicated. And we're all fucked up in some way. We just have to find our person who can handle our fucked upness. You know what I'm saying? Never settle for someone. Don't let someone let you control how you feel and tell you how to feel. Because that's not their job. That's. Someone should never tell you how you feel because it's just their opinion doesn't matter. Um, I've had guys tell me I was crazy and to get over it 
and that everyone has anxiety and there were times where I was manipulated into thinking I was crazy like I literally sat with myself and said maybe you are fucking crazy maybe something's wrong with you but that's not the case that was just not the person for me that was not the person I needed in my life and that's okay fuck them <laughs> um don't blame yourself if you can't handle someone who has a mental illness that's that's okay and someone with a mental illness you shouldn't blame that person for not being able to handle you it's it's certainly not for everyone and i totally get that and that's just how you know that person isn't for you and it's not for them so that's okay you will find your person i promise so things, things to cope, um, depends. Like I said, everyone's different. For me, a bitch loves to eat. <laughs> if I want to sit down and just veg out on everything and then fucking fall asleep, that's what I'm going to do. And that's usually what I result to. <laughs> food, food makes me a happy girl. That's usually what, what helps a girl out. Um, if you like music, fucking jam out to music, driving, not for me. I drive a lot every day, so the last thing I want to do is go drive somewhere. Um, I recently got into meditation, though, and that's, that's kind of, that's kind of a new ground for me, so I really don't have a lot of info on that, but I've tried a few, like, I've put, I've put on some meditation-like podcasts, and, I'll just kind of zen out for about 10 minutes. And that that really helped me, honestly. Fun story. When I first meditated, I think it was the very first time I tried it. It was like a 10-minute meditation. I was sitting on the floor in my gym at 4 o'clock in the morning, about to exercise. So when I started listening to this meditation podcast. And I can't even tell you what it was about or or what she even said but as as it was finishing I started crying I started fucking crying and I don't know why and so I immediately hit up the google and I was like is this normal to cry after meditating and apparently it's a thing as some sort of emotional release and I don't know, I felt, I can't really remember what I felt afterwards, but I think I felt okay. I was, maybe that is what I needed. Maybe I needed to cry. Sometimes we all need to cry and that's what did it for me. So maybe, maybe try that as far as anxiety goes. Hell, I don't know. It worked for me. <laughs> you, you're not alone in all this, believe it or not. I know it is easy to feel alone but you're not. Reach out to people. Reach out to your friends. Reach out to your family. There's there's Facebook groups. I'm actually on several um, mental health, anxiety, depression, Facebook groups where people just tell their stories. And that's really cool to, to just feel like you're not alone. Um, there's several Twitter pages even. Kind of the same things as far as Facebook where it's just... It discusses your mental health and it's just a way to reach out to uh, make you feel like you're not a crazy person because you're not. So 
I say all of this, all of this info about me, because I have some pretty juicy stories coming up in the future um, about why I am the way I am, and perhaps um, I have an alcoholic parent. I dated a complete sociopath of a man. Um, I have some juicy stories about shitty coworkers, body image issues, and I'm in no way saying that, oh my god, my life is so shitty, because I haven't really had a bad life. I have just been through some shit, and you gotta laugh about it now. I mean, at the time, it was not funny. It actually really fucked me up until pretty recently, but, um... You gotta laugh about it. And I wanna provide entertainment. I think it's kind of fucking funny now. But, um... I wanna... I wanna give you some entertainment in that aspect. But, um... Yeah, I've been through some shit. I have been through some shit. And some of these stories... I completely walked right into it. And it... I should've known. And then there's others where... I was just completely blindsided by it. So stay tuned stay tuned. So I appreciate you listening to my very first podcast. Um, I plan on updating equipment as soon as I get into my groove of everything. I plan on having some special guests. Um, If I can, I would love to get some of the guys I've dated on this podcast. Um, I definitely want to have my friends on here. There's already a couple friends who have reached out to me and said they want to be a special guest. So I'm like, hell yeah, let's do it. Um, I want to get the boo thing on here one day. So if you have any ideas, anything you want to hear, hit me up. Ask me questions. Um, if you know me personally, let me know. I'm I'm down. I really don't know what order I want to put things in. It's probably just going to be a random clusterfuck like myself. Um, I'm probably going to put some polls on Twitter and Instagram of topics and, you know, whoever, whoever gets the most vote, whatever. I'll probably do that. So I'm excited. I'm really fucking excited. I hope this really takes off and I really hope everyone enjoys it. If you liked it, please rate and review. It really means a lot. Like I said, I have wanted to do this forever, and I just, I can't wait to see where this goes. Since I do work like a peasant 40 hours a week, I will probably be posting on weekends, Saturday or Sunday. I really haven't decided yet. Um, Hit me up, though. Hit me up on Twitter, at MEB2010. Hit me up on Instagram, EmilyB2010. And I'll post those in the episode description today. But I hope you have... Have an amazing weekend. So much love to you all. And I will see you next time. Bye, guys.